Over the Ditch is back for another week. Matt Markham, hello to you, mate. G'day, mate. How are we? Very, very well. Uh, I don't have a nana blanket on today. It's a much nicer day here in uh, central Victoria. We were just commenting on the uh, the weather there. It's been a little bit of everything in New Zealand last week. Yeah, it has. A um, bit of snow, a bit of sunshine, but everything. Uh, of course, the MEFA meeting last Friday was um, abandoned per se, but uh, they've just shifted that program to tomorrow, obviously being Tuesday that we're filming this. So uh, we'll still get 11 races on the grass track at my home track tomorrow, which will be good. I uh, will be taking the day off work to go and perch up out there in the sun, hopefully, and uh, watch some good, good racing. How does, it, how does that affect the club? Um, yeah, I think it was going to be, what was it going to be a... Uh, Friday meeting, I think it was, wasn't it? And now in midweek, how will that affect the grass track racing? Look, I don't think it'll affect too much. Uh, Turnover-wise, we'll probably be a bit down because, you know, the meeting was sort of kicking in right around that prime time over here, which is 5 o'clock when everyone's walking into pubs and and clubs and whatnot and having a bet. And on course, we may not get as many people here as what we may have on Friday, but... The most important thing is that these horses have actually got somewhere to race because we haven't had a grass track meeting since Meff and Cup. I think uh, it's been it's been a long time. Um, so there's a lot of horses out there that are crying out for it because once we get through Cup Week, we really start to kick into that where it's weekly grass track meetings. So I think that's the most important thing that they're able to shift the meeting and we're uh, we're still going ahead and the hundred and sixty odd horses that are racing tomorrow still get that run under their belt um, ahead of you know what's a, what's a busy six weeks or so. And it is unusual this year again. Um, it's been highlighted that basically is an extra week um, if you like now from between Kaikoura and then to, you know, um, I would say your grand final, um, your Melbourne Cup carnival, if you like, there's that extra week in the middle from New Zealand Cup week through to show day. It's just a magic week of harness racing. But then that is then the precursor for all these other races. So like you said, a meeting like this is so important uh, for the rest of the horses, which we try to highlight and we want to continue to highlight these horses that may not be the Yakutas and that of the world, um, and we want to keep showcasing them. So it's a very, very important time, and, uh, yeah, it'll be good racing and be able to tune in myself because it's a Bendigo Cup here, and uh, it's a public holiday. So blokes who work for themselves just take public holidays off, Matty. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to build towards that point. I, ever, I aspire to be like you, Paul. <laughs> it won't happen, I can promise you. It will not happen. Rightio, Kaikura, we're going to start at the top. Um, one, just fabulous, fabulous coverage. I will say from the TV crews, I'm critical of drone footage um, at the right and wrong time, and we were saying it last week. But at Kaikoura, the, the footage, the guys have a lot of trouble because there's too many caravans. What they were able to showcase from a horse racing point of view and be able to follow them, I think outstanding. Hats off to whoever, whoever was flying the drone and whoever came up with all the ideas. I think it was a brilliant coverage um, for people to be able to actually see all of the moves in the races. Yeah, it's it's that adaption thing, you know, it's not going to work all the time and it probably doesn't need to work all the time. But as you say, Kaikoura, there's a lot of noise in the middle of the track. I say noise, it's yep. it's usually tents and caravans and all sorts of things. And that, that camera that's panning straight across to the back straight is often impeded by what is in the middle of the track. So I'm, I'm a bit like you, I'm not a fan of it all the time, but I tell you, I really enjoyed that drone coverage on Monday, watching those horses come off the back straight and into that last bend. Um, because unless you've been standing at that bend, and it, it's quite a sight to see, it's so tight, how the horses react to that really sharp last bend is really interesting. And you can and sort of, particularly with the trotters, you could see them getting off balance. You could see, and we'll talk about it in a minute, Oscar Bonavina just, he was trying to go so quick, 
for their bend is so sharp that you lose all momentum and you lose all balance and you fly to pieces. So, yes, I enjoyed that. Um, Cup week, do I want to see it at Addington? I'm 50-50. I'd rather see it when they do the post-race analysis. But from a New Zealand point of view, what is really cool is we're now getting more post-race analysis and comment and uh, conversations with trainers, drivers, owners than, than we've had since before lock, uh, COVID, first COVID lockdown. So that's really encouraging. And Entain have come on board and set up an individual channel for uh, big, big race meetings. I understand that Cup Day will have wall-to-wall Addington coverage from Cup Day. So it's going to be fantastic for the people that can't be there at Addington because they'll be able to tune in. They'll get all that drone footage post-race. Years gone by, they've put uh, the, the helmet cams on drivers and, and microphones for pre-race and things like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they produce um, because if the last couple of Monday meetings have been anything, there, there's a lot to look forward to. No, that is, that is exciting um, to see. We might try and get someone on next week to see what that coverage might look like, actually, and um, try and get them on the phone and uh, have a bit of a chat about what they are going to do. So we will get into that. Rightio, we'll start at the top with the Alabar Kaikoura. I can't say the word. I, was, I, I just say Kaikoura, but uh, listening to the race caller, he says it so much better than me. Uh, Cup. Uh, firstly, it was a great race, um, and we can't be mistaken uh, by that. Um, there's a crowd. You can see the crowd there as I put the, the race footage on. Um, Akuda was very, very dominant, but I don't think this necessarily lends itself, I'll be interested in your thoughts, lends itself to how the New Zealand Trotting Cup is going to be run and won uh, for mine because it was an interesting race once they settled into, into their posies. I'm going to let the, I'll let the start go, but we'll probably catch up to that last lap, Matty. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's always a hard one to get a line on, but I think when I said it to you last week, um, you just want to see that natural progression from week to week from Akuta, and this is the best performance from Akuta this time in. If, I've got if, no doubt about it. Very, very scratchy away, and I saw an interview with Mark Purden where he said that you just got to watch him for those first four or five steps. I think it's a little bit further than that. Like I, I reckon still even here, uh, Olivia's very happy to have a helmet in front and just that little bit of distraction to before he really sort of settles into his gait. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so concerned about the stand start with him come Cup week. Um, drawing down the inside at that start point at Kaikoura can be quite tricky for horses because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people. You can see a lot of things. Cup day, they're going to be over the back straight. There'll be minimal people over there. Um, he can get a lot more relaxed. And I think if he draws middle of the front line, and Mark actually touched on that post race, he's going to be a lot better. Yep. Or even out wider and. It, it's well known that the two-mile start at Addington can favour the horses that are drawn closer to the outside because of the camber as you come off that back straight. So uh, I'm sure they'll be hoping for somewhere around sort of six outward to, on the front line so that they can get away and get into a position. But again, he showed here that it's not really a major issue. He's quite happy. This was a big call from Olivia to get yeah. going here. And I've got to give her plaudits. She has handled this horse perfectly and the two drives she's had on it the last two Mondays. And, you know, this could have gone awry here because we know Carter Del Giddy likes a lead. Olivia would have been just as happy sitting parked, but she's got the horse into the race, and this was ultimately what won him the race, the moment that uh, Carter was happy to hand up on Krug, and she got to the front and she could control it from there. It's it's an interesting thing, and it was highlighted on a couple of races um, yesterday, and I've seen it a few times. In Australia... 
a move at the 1,000 metre mark is almost suicide, yet over there it seems to be the right time to get into the race, if you like, between that 1,200 and 1,000 metre mark. Um, whereas here, you'll get posted. If you came like that, yeah. it doesn't matter who it is, uh, you're posted three deep um, and you're there for the rest of the race. And that's key at Kaikoura too, and you see yeah. it a lot in races. Um, you've got to be up on the speed at the winning post with a lap to run, otherwise you're out there three wide the trip. Um you see Blair Orange going there, Ford there on self-assured. He gets shunted by Old Town Road. Um, there were some reports from the All-Stars camp that they were a lot happier with self-assured. And on face value, that run probably looks disappointing. But he's launched a massive sustained run down that back straight. And then, as I've talked about that bend, he's four or five wide coming around it. I, I'm just prepared to put a line through that run for self-assured. Um I just want to um, ask you your thoughts on Old Town Road and, and instead of going back to the video, it's just this point here where Zach sort of pulls out but doesn't go anywhere. He's got plenty to offer, but he just stays there and just interested in your thoughts on that maybe, Matt, just at the end of it. Like We'll let the video play out. But I think, as you said, self-assured was good because I think the horse himself actually probably thought he was three deep um, and then all of a sudden Blair's pulling him like he's four deep and potentially gets that little bit lost around that bend a bit. I think what Zach was trying to do, and you can actually see it, how it hasn't played out, he's pushed Blair out and then thought, cool, Blair will get around me and I've actually got a helmet to cover around the last bend, uh, to follow around the last bend, yep. and then I can ping him for a speed. But what's effectively happened is he's worked three wide from the end of the back straight around that last bend, and it is incredibly hard to do that. Yes. That said, at this point right here, I thought he was the winner, yep. Old Town Road. Yep. And then I looked inside and saw Olivia hadn't even moved a muscle. And I went, oh, okay, no, he's got, I think, two gears left there, Akuda. He has absolutely jogged that. Um, and that's about as commanding Kaikoura Cup performance as you'd want to see from your New Zealand Cup favourite. Old Town Road, good. He'll improve off that. You've got to remember, he's only second up for the season. Krug, he's continuing on a nice trajectory towards the second Tuesday in November. Kango was good. Mossdale Ben was good. So it's the same sort of horses that we're talking about from week to week leading into this cup. Um, but at the moment, it's it's Akuda. And then, of course, we've got the Swayze factor after the way that uh, he performed on the weekend. And I, I know reading some reports that they're coming over absolutely brimming with confidence. So it's going to make for a great wee uh, side hustle to what is already a great race in the New Zealand Cup. They're always very confident, that team. And I'm going to touch on something. We'll go back to the start of that race there in a minute. Your your assessment of self-assured, were you comfortable with his run? You thought it was okay or are you still jury out? Look, I backed him yesterday. Oh, I'll admit that. I was I was quite confident on him. Um, and then as I watched them swing into line, I kind of kicked myself because I know how bad one at Kaikoura can be. And he sort of scrambled away and it cost him. Um, you could see Blair sort of looking to try and get off at various points early in that uh, race, but he didn't. Then he's had to angle back to last, come last. Yes, he's beaten eight and a half lengths. Um, he's an older horse. I think he's starting to hit his peak fitness. And I, I said to a couple of people last night, when they open a top five market on the New Zealand Trotting Cup, which I imagine will be sometime next week, self-assured's the horse I'm backing. Yep. Because I think what they'll do is they will drive him for one run. And he is exceptionally quick. We know that. We know he can fly off the end of a uh, two-mile run. He was desperately unlucky with a flat tyre last year. Um, I'm not prepared to write him off. Can he win it? He would have to ping and lob a trail, I think, to yep. win it or maybe three fence, but I definitely think he's still a player in this cup, particularly in a top five market.
Mossdale Ben, uh, the hopes have just got him ticking over beautifully. He's been up for a long time. He continues to go good. I reckon what Arna Donnelly's done with Kango um, after a disastrous Australian campaign to get him back um, and prove that the week before was no fluke. Uh, I thought he was terrific again last year. Last year he was able to find the fence. This year he was out that little bit wide and I think he has a bit of a hitch in his gate so I think they would have to be uh, wrapped. Crown and Chrissy Dalgetty, they're the silent little uh, sneaky ones this year a bit, aren't they? Because there was a little horse called Republican Party and I, I would imagine like Blair's sitting back there and he's thinking, yeah, we would have figured in this finish as well the other day just off the back of the form around Mostale, Benz and Krug. Um, it, it, it's not an, you know, it's not an Akuda uh, Swayze New Zealand Cup by any stretch. No, and you've mentioned the horse that probably holds the key to the whole race, and that's Kango. Yeah. Because he can step from a stand start. David Butcher is probably one of New Zealand's most aggressive drivers when he wants to be. If he found the front, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to lead all the way with him. Um, and that means that there's not a lead there for Akuda, there's not a lead there for Swayze, and all of a sudden we we get to you know the top of the straight at Addington with a lap and a bit left to run, and she's all on for young and old then. Um, he holds a lot of keys to that race in a couple of weeks, Kango, because he's such a big free-rolling horse, and he doesn't mind doing a bit of work. You know, We saw it in the Auckland Cup earlier this year. He was so good in yeah. that race. Um He's, you're right, Arna's done a beautiful job to get him back to where where we knew he should be when he went to Australia. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think he holds a lot of cards to the race. I explained to a lot of people, I said he's a beast, and unfortunately just it just didn't work for whatever other reason, from going, well, not getting onto a uh, truck to, you know, a couple of other um, issues there. Uh, for mine, you know, I'm very keen on Old, Old Town Road. I think Zach looked after him awesomely. And as I said, Republican Party missing those races. would be interesting if he's racing this week, which we'll touch on that in a sec. Just going to go back to the start. And there's a lot being said about Swayze. And, and this is one of the things I want to point out. I know there's a big crowd there. Uh, there'll be more hype on New Zealand Cup Day. But because we don't have stands over here in Australia for these fast-class horses, it's this part here that I think could be the undoing of Swayze. You know, there's talk that if he draws the front line, he finds a f he'll just find the front. But he's got to be able to do this, mill around. You can see Arna's horse out the back there, Kango, rearing up and carrying on. But Zach understands how it works. All of these drivers understand that they're about to get let go. Johnny Dunn's trying to get a fly. You know, Cam Hart's a great driver. That, that to me, is the biggest worry for Swayze, is this. And then every horse going away, too, from a stand, a horse that hasn't done it, they panic. It's going to be, that's the biggest worry I see against that 11 horses that will potentially all go around in the New Zealand Cup, um, plus a couple of others that we'll highlight in a, in a minute. Um, that's going to be his biggest worry, and he might miss it 40 metres. Yeah, that, that, that is always the case with the Australian horses when they do come over. Um, maybe not so much the, the Australian horses that were formerly Kiwi horses that grew yep. up and learnt the trade with standing starts. Um, but you know, I wouldn't have said that Swayze in that trial the other day when he qualified from a stand was quicker away than what Akuda was no. then. And and that's a bad start from Akuda, you know. Um, ideally for him, Swayze that is, I, I actually think he's better drawing the second line and following them and having a horse to follow out than looking up and particularly if you draw down the inside because you actually end up standing for a lot longer than than any other horse in the field. Um, those outside ones sort of come in late and slingshot a wee bit. So barrier draw is going to be very, very important 
for a horse like Swayze. Um, and yeah, you can't afford to give them 40 in a New Zealand trotting cup, not when they go as quick as what they do these days. No, absolutely. And as I said, there's horses just ticking along, getting their legs in, Old Town Roads, Republican parties, and Akuta even. Like, I mean, he hasn't had that many starts either. But then you've got the season ones again. Um, Kango, Mossdale, Ben, you know, even horses like Smithy's Terror and those horses, they get away like a rocket. They, they've got their legs there. It's, yeah, I think there's a lot of hype around him, Swayze. I think a little bit of that has to do with the stable. Um, and he is a good horse, don't get me wrong. But um, it's a big step for him, I think, um, to go across there and do that. He was awesome on the weekend. But, again, a mobile race. Found the top and carved out solid sectionals. Um, he may not be able to do that. If he does get to do that, well, it might be all over. But um, anyway, wait and see. The NZB Standard Bread Sales, and I can say their online catalogue is coming up very, very soon. I found that out last night, not through uh, Cam Bray, through uh, one of my uh, loyal listeners on the Talking Trotter Show. So people are starting to ask about it. Um, this race um, was over... Well, reasonably early, and again, another stand, and we'll let this standing start um, highlight here. It's, it's an interesting one. Three and three was a, was a, was a little bit um, interesting to, to, to watch from my point of view when I was watching it. I thought, this is odd, but uh, again, um, when you look at the fields, like you had three off the front, three off 10, and two off 20, and uh, this... As I said, all these drivers know what's going on and they understand it and they all step beautifully. Ricky May, um, Jimmy James Maguire just handled him an absolute treat. Almost lost him there um, a couple of times, but just knew that if he found the front, he was going to be very, very hard to beat. And that's exactly what he did. He did actually, Ricky did very well inside that first 100 metres because he nearly lost him three or four times. And he has been prone to get it wrong at the start and stand starts before. But once he balanced up and found the front like this, it's it's quite an, how do I put it? We're used to Ricky May driving patient races and, and storming home from middle of the pack and, and getting the job done that way. He's actually won the race inside the first three quarters of a lap because yep. he's run that hard, which has meant that none of these back markers and you know the anything goes and the the barks and the like can't get into the race as early as they'd like and then by the time Ricky's starting to button it off which is which is getting to about here they're starting to move but by the time they get up outside them he's running again because he's had 400 meters worth of breather um you see Blair Orange is about to come out here with anything goes as they all start to roll off the fence Heisenberg I think the horse coming up four wide but this was cool for me Paul um, we're used to seeing Ricky May win big races yep. a lot. Uh, never before have we seen Ricky May win a black type race as an owner. And he has a share in Jimmy James McGuire, uh, along with his uh, sister and her husband, uh, the infamous Peter Rabbit Bacon, who is a prolific owner over here in New Zealand, <laughs> along with uh, Neville Lancaster and his wife and some other owners as well. So uh, seeing Ricky in the uh, the winner's circle, I'm sure Rick would have will enjoy getting both the uh, the driving percentage and a bit of the owning, owner's percentage in the, in the mail in a couple of weeks. And uh, he's a very, very nice horse. He is going to be an open class horse next season. I've got no doubt about that because he's got a high cruising speed. He follows speed really well and he deserved this um nearly a big moment for the horse in the trail we talked about it yep two weeks ago lester yep uh won the omaru cup they decided he's he's got a good horse's record we better find out if he's a good horse and throw him in a fifty thousand dollar listed race and he has run a bottler for a horse that was having i think it's its ninth career start um, he's taking on horses that are run second in MIF and Cups and a horse like Anything Goes who at one stage might have been fifth favourite for the New Zealand Trotting Cup. So big run and these two have cleared right away 
Um, anything goes, I thought was pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um, he's flat to the boards there. You can see him outside Jimmy James Maguire and Bark's run was very good because that's him four fence. Uh, Johnny drove him for a bit of luck around that last bend and it, and it played into their hands and he snuck into third. So all credit to the winner. Very good from the runner up and just another great instalment of this race that we see at Kaikoura every year as you see this uh, length of the straight battle between between two nice horses. How long is the straight at Kaikoura? Uh, is it just over 300 metres or just on yeah. 300 metres? It's a lot longer than yeah. you think because that home turn. Um, anything goes, they would sh they won't be going to the New Zealand Cup, I would imagine, with him after that? No, he was withdrawn uh, a while ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so he's he's not still in uh, the rankings. He's actually going. Um, he's actually going okay, the horse, just not to the levels that everyone was expecting. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was a big ticket purchase um, earlier in the year out of the Steve Dolan stable and. He, he looked like he was going to be the, the young pretender of this year's cup, but probably just hasn't quite gone on. But he's quite a big framed horse, and I just I think he's still got some filling out to do before we're going to see his potential. And, well, he's in the right stable to make it happen within the next 12 months, and we might be having different discussions about him uh, in 12 months' time. Bark is still nominated for the cup. Where, Whether where, that's enough to get him in. Where's he at, Bark? Because, I mean, he got it wrong... Uh, in that standing start event, it'd be over a month ago, it'd be six weeks ago, possibly now, where he led and looked like he stepped around um, a pole. Uh, they, I think it was they didn't have spreaders on him, or they were going to put spreaders back on him. Down the back straight in that same race, there he put in a few wobbly ones um, and that, and then Johnny decided, well, I'll go back to to the fence. Like, where is that horse at for yours? Because he is he is a quite a capable horse. He's a New Zealand Cup horse. He should be in the field. I'm not saying he can win it, but he's definitely good enough to be in the field. But uh, just, and again, a little horse that might have just lost his way. Yeah, he used to have that hitch in his gate early on in his career too, where he'd throw in the old rough step. Um, generally, in early on in his career, that would have been curtains for him, but he actually stayed down pacing. And, yeah. Well, he got back down pacing. And I actually thought his run was very good, considering that we blip uh, halfway down the back straight because they're flying at that point. And to mm. make up ground after doing that and losing a bit of momentum was, was very good. Whether he'll make the cup field... Uh, uh, will probably depend on whether these horses come out. And there are some question marks over a few runners where they're at. Um, we'll know more when we see the nominations for, for Friday night, which are, which are due out any time in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, yeah, I wonder whether he's still 12 months away. He's still a pretty young and experienced horse, um, but I think he's going to end up being a nice open-class horse in time. Yeah, he is. He just, you can see he's a work in progress for Johnny. And, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the team probably are not... Um, having the greatest of runs at the minute, they're not going bad either. And uh, you see a horse like him, if they can just iron him out, they reckon the rest of the team you know, could could uh, go start start to improve as well. You never know. I'm definitely not saying they're going bad, but they're just having one of those runs where they're running placings as compared to winning, which gets frustrating for trainers. I can, <laughs> I can say that. Um, Rightio, the trot, uh, what a race this was. The IRT, your horse, our passion, great supporters of harness racing, in New Zealand, and um, this this race sort of didn't play out the way I was expecting watching it uh, live. We do have our uh, pacing standing star horse out of my way, and I must say, Paul Nan, well done to him, because he trotted beautifully and he paced beautifully the day before. But um, I thought once Artie by the Hill found the top, it would nearly be all over uh, for mine, I thought, anyway, the way that horse has been going and on this track. Um, and yes, a little bit of a turn up for mine for the books. 
Yeah, it was a little bit of a turn up. Um, I was surprised, given the way that Artie by the Hill had been going, that Mystic Max was able to get him. But then again, Mystic Max has always looked like a, a very, very, very good open class yep. horse in time. He, he's just got a bit of bit of mental growing still to do, I think, and a yeah, bit of gate, uh, gate issues to sort out. But yeah, it was a surprising result because uh, Johnny got to the lead easy enough and, and got around them. I mean, Blair obviously a pops out. And smart drive here gets by in Blair. Front of him. It was a smart one yeah. by Blair. He knew that it was going to happen. So he, he, he says, well, I'll just cut out one horse and make sure I get there first. Yeah, and Johnny obviously got the opportunity there, uh, being at a small field, um, to get around them. Had it been a big field, he might not have been able to get out and get around. But once he got to here, and you look at how much distance is between him and Oscar Bonavina at the back of the field, you kind of thought, well, mm. he's going to win it. And, you know, it's going to be a race for second or third. But some good runs. Harold Smith, who we haven't really seen tested at this level, I thought he was excellent. Uh, Johnny Cox and Tommy Bagri. Um, Time up the hill third. was very good again. Yeah, so he's third last. Time up the hill, who runs third or four, fourth, sorry, fourth. is second last, and that's Oscar Bonavina last for people people watching it. And then your your first and third, uh, well, third in front and first behind the leader. So they sort of come from everywhere in this race. Yeah, they have. Ricky Mays rolled off here, and that's got Harold Smith out into the running line, and Tom up the hills followed uh, him forward. Oscar, I I think they might have tried to learn a little bit out of Ashburton when they tried to work around that last bend, um, and he just didn't let down like you know he could. Um, so I, I would imagine, and I, I don't know this whether it's fact or not, that Olivia was told to drive the horse for one run in his high speed and you'll see in about 400 metres time that that last bend that I talked about um, yeah. trips him up a little bit and he goes into a bit of a gallop when looking to get into it but even still at this point Paul you're, you're looking and you're going okay well this is Artie, uh, Artie by the Hills race to lose because he's had such a good time of it in front um, yeah I was probably a little bit surprised that both you know he and Mystic Max run past him and Harold, Harold Smith run past him pretty easy first, and then Mystic Max had to wait for the gap. So maybe he might have needed that little blowout before Cup Week. I'm not sure, but uh, we know he's a quality horse, so he'll improve off the back of that. So you can see Oscar at the back of the field there. Um, Olivia's sort of thinking about going, and then they do start to move. I think Sarah comes out first, and Johnny comes out, and then Oscar just looks to hook into it right on the tip of that bend, and he sort of half by stumbles there. Yep. But he comes back down and his run afterwards was excellent because that's hard to make ground like that. Yes, definitely. Um, time up the hill was awesome as well underneath him. But it's, it's got a barnstorming finish. It's going to win a big race from nowhere one day because it's it just continually finds a line so strong. Harold Smith, as you say, was a bit unlucky, but Mystic Max um, did a great job for... For uh, oh, I'm going to get Michael Purden. I nearly I was going to call him Matthew there for a minute. I was going to be in all sorts of trouble. Um, but Michael, this horse, Village Mystique, this horse that stands at um, uh, um, what's her name? Harasta Trotter is one of my sponsors. I think there's only been six horses served um, in Down Under, and all six of them are high class horses. But they they all are a little bit similar to Mystic Max. Take that bit of time. They just continually take time to get better and better. Yeah, uh, it described yesterday as being an oddly bred horse, just based on the fact that he's such a rarity to have horses run aground. He's a super, him. He's a superstar, Village Mystique. Whoever yeah. said whoever said oddly, they might want to, uh, yeah, because <laughs> he's uh, he is a jet um, over there in France. I know they wanted more semen, they just couldn't get it. They wouldn't give it to him. 
Yeah, and the broodmare family, Robinson, she comes from a, a good breed. Um, it traces back through some pretty nice horses that have done a good job on the track. Actually trained, incidentally, for her last handful of starts by my father, family, Robinson. So I don't know how we didn't end up getting a fold out of it, but that's all right. Um, Put your we hand could up. have had Mystic Max. <laughs> Should have laid a claim to that one. Um, I actually forgot that. I just looked up the broodmare's record then and saw that she was trained by Dad for her last three or four starts. So, uh, But... How cool is this Purden dynasty carrying on? Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got Nathan and Mark winning with Akuda. We've seen Barry doing what Barry does over the last, you know, two to three weeks around Canterbury. And and now Michael's in on the action winning a black type race as well. So uh, it's very cool. And he will press on to both days at Addington during Cup Week. I think there's a 2,000 metre stand on Cup Day that they're looking at with him. And then he'll press on into the Dominion Handicap. Uh, Blair Orange has won the Dominion before. Um, he's got a good chance based on that to maybe win one again. But you've got to add in Muscle Mountain and Bolt for brilliance to that mix as well. Yeah, and Artie by the Hill and even Harold Smith would probably appreciate the Addington track a little bit more. I thought he was awesome because, like you said, three deep around um, around there to, to make that sort of ground. We will actually highlight, to one other uh, Purden achievement over the weekend that you may not be aware of here, over in Australia here. here. They, they've actually had a pretty um, big sort of uh, run, so I think it's, it, it, is, it is awesome. Just on the rest of the day, and I didn't get the video for it, I did actually watch it, though. I was super impressed with Create Time, Blair Orange, Ken Barron, that first race today, yesterday, sorry, by Creatine, um, at Desolect or D Desolect, I'll go with anyway. Um, super impressive. Got a hitch in the gate. Uh, never ever looked comfortable, but a very very nice win for the first starter. They were literally hanging out of trees to back this horse all weekend. I <laughs> would have had the heart in their mouth a couple of times. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people over the course of the weekend, and I was at a, a, a racing wedding on on Saturday, and I reckon every single person. <laughs> that was there that was involved in racing wanted to tip me this horse um i felt for them going down the back straight when it's galloped i thought well that's it uh blair's done what blair does and patiently nursed it and yeah it's fun with a leg in the air it yeah. has absolutely jogged it uh it's gonna go on and do a nice job and ken Barron was obviously on track side uh before the race and he was expecting a pretty big run and Ken's not one to to speak outlandishly about his horses. He's pretty reserved. And yeah, they're going to have some fun. Uh, I would say 12 months, uh, going to have a very, very nice horse, but they've got a very, very nice horse on their hands now. Yeah, doing an awesome job, team because I think he had another winner. Uh, yeah, what's wanted, um, another nice winner for the Tomlinsons, um, one, one as well. Any other highlights for you from the day? I think it was, it was a pretty good day of racing full stop anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, look, I think one of the one of the cool moments was the win in another of the trotting races, and it was a trotting mare that we've got over here who's been running around for about seven seasons now. Her name's The Bloss. Oh, yep. Now, some inspired betting has come for her um, from early Monday morning right through until race start time. She's pretty much started favourite. They've backed her that heavily, and this is a race with two tangata, and mm. uh, that's what we do and the, the like, but Beautiful front-running drive from Sarah O'Reilly. Um, there's a lot of detractors over here for the rating system in New Zealand, but she's the perfect exponent of it. She's 145 starts, 16 wins, and about 35 placings. That went on yesterday, tipped her up over $200,000 uh, for her trainer, Brent Bulkowski. And Sarah O'Reilly's notched up this beautiful combination with her. And 
they are always on the speed near the speed and they run a lot of fourths and fifths so you add to those placings and I thought that was pretty cool because you know there was a lot of word around for her and the money was bang on and you mentioned what's wanted he's a very very nice horse and great to see the Ford family winning at Kaikoura because they they hail from that area uh it's an area that's synonymous with trotting and and their breed and the like so uh thought that was a very cool performance too and, and celtic spirit a lovely drive from benny hope to get the job done on it uh has come back in sensational form i would love to see celtic spirit going to menangle and racing each week because he's got blistering gate speed loves to roll along i think he would he would end up being a very very good top line horse in australia We've got to keep the horses in New Zealand, Matty. We're not allowed to send them over to Australia. But you know what I do? Oh, he can come back. He no. can come back. I think that's I think that's one of those things. We definitely need them still to go over because then people start tuning in and, and, and watching them. So it works two ways. Uh, how did you say Brent's surname? Borkowski. Borkowski is actually coming up onto a milestone. I wouldn't mind catching up with him when I get across here. He's had 97 winners. And that's what you say about that rating system. A gentleman like him that has a horse that can continually go up and down, maybe for uh, the bigger stables that are trying to get horses, you know, win as many races as they can in as quick a time as they can. But Brent would be one of those people that'd be absolutely enjoying the rating system. And uh, yeah, three wins and he'd be notched up his 100. So I'm sure that'll be, you know, it won't be far off. The boss should be able to pick up a couple more, you would imagine, once it drops back and then gets back up into the, into the right race and away it goes. Well, she's still a rating 61 over here um despite having won 16 races in her career you know that that alone to win to win 16 races um is quite quite an achievement you know um we don't see that a lot over here with you know horses you get the ones that'll get to 10 and that's quite an achievement but you're right she's still got another couple of wins in her because she's got exceptional stand start manners puts herself in the race, follows speed well, and, you know, she's always going to be probably lead trail, three fence, turn over home, and she gets her chance. Yep, no, absolutely. Uh, those noms aren't up yet. We've still got a couple other things. What about for the rest of the week? Before I go to Australia, what about for the rest of the week? Um, in weekend, sorry, in New Zealand, obviously, Methan was, uh, we lost Methan. I just shut my page down by mistake too, so I'm in all sorts of trouble here until I get there. Uh, we had actually uh, Kaikoura the day before. Tommy Bagri had a, a good winner was a good drive by I think it was Johnny Dunn that drove that three back the fence four back the fence and got up the inside KY I'll go with but uh, you might prove it. Uh, Kawai. Kawai. I wasn't far Car-wai. off for me that wasn't too not bad. far off that's a good effort yeah it was a good effort uh, yeah very good for Matt because it come from a long way off the speed it's always been a nice trot of that horse and uh, a beautiful John Dunn drive yep. he, he is one of the best drivers of trotters for me in, in Australasia, John. He very patient with them and they run for him. Um, the racing action actually was very cool there on Sunday because it's what they call a fast team meeting, even though there was only eight races. So they banged them all through 20 minute gaps. It was it was wall to wall racing and some some great racing uh, throughout the day. We saw uh, Tornado Banner win for, for Sierra in the junior drivers race. Gavin Smith got a winner. Or well, actually, Gavin Smith, yeah, Gavin got a winner with Better Than Diva, um, which was good to see. She's been a nice, consistent mare. And Robbie Holmes, he was having a bit of a day out. But probably uh, the stable that fired the most over the first day was the Michael House stable. They only won one, I think. And that was Boys Invasion in the first. But they had a lot of placings at big odds um, with horses. Boys Invasion, he's been another great trotter over here in New Zealand. Um, trained by, originally trained by Michael Heenan, who stands a stallion called Superfast Stuart. Stuart. 
just uh, down the road from me here in Mifflin. Um, I've sent this horse back to Mickey. I think he's now won 11 races um, and, and done a done a fantastic job too and, and good effort because he was first up for a while too. So, uh, yeah, that was good to see. It was a good good two days of racing at, at Cock Order. Um, went and they had a pretty good day on Thursday. I think our man Craig Ferguson uh, trained another two winners. Didn't drive them though this time. Uh, Mark Errol uh, drove them both. Kirsten Green, there was a couple of nice winners down there from memory too. Yeah, Rustenberg, uh, one of Craig's, he's he's shaping up to be a really, really nice horse. Um, he runs time, he, he does it nicely, he covers the ground really well. There's some really nice horses coming through uh, mm. down in the deep south. Uh, Louis Girl was that other winner of uh, yep. Craig's. Side by a horse called Lord Forbes. Now, you won't remember him, Paul, but he actually started in a New Zealand trotting cup for a, a guy from the deep south called Gavin Forbes. What made Lord Forbes famous was that Lord Forbes used to make his way into the pub after the races and get up to the bar. He's a stallion, but he was quiet as anything, and they'd walk him in the front door of the pub, and he'd perch up at the... Well, he wouldn't perch up, but he'd stand at the bar. And oh, i become a bit of a cult following for, uh, for him. So he's side... I don't know how many mares he's covered. It'll be under 10 um, and he's left a pretty good one by the looks of it in Louis' girl because uh, she was very, very good uh, winning uh, on the weekend. So, yeah, yeah, wee bit of a fun fact for you about the sire of that one. Absolutely. Um, when you were, I'm going to cross over the border, but um, from a New Zealand point of view, with the Breeders' Crown uh, running America the other day, Dexter, didn't he have half a day out on the, uh, the first night? Anyway, six winners. I don't think he got one. Uh, on the second night, but he didn't expect to get any, and he ended up with six. So he's had a fair day out on the on the uh, Saturday night, uh, Friday night, sorry, of the Breeders' Crown meeting. Just Dexter doing Dexter things. Uh, nothing, nothing surprises me with that guy. Um, from the moment that he started driving, and I was commentating when he had his first workout drive at Miff, and when he was about, oh, no, he felt it feels like he was about ten, but obviously he wasn't because. He wasn't allowed to drive, but he was decked out in all the latest gear. He had Ian Dobson had, was his sponsor, and he had a lime green cap, and he wore Dobby's colours. And yeah, then we've gone on and watched him do what he does. And yeah, he he is an exceptional talent, and it's so good to see him having success because he gave up a lot to you know move over to the other side of the world. And um, I know he misses his daughter a lot, um, but. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't expecting to have a very good, uh, very good time of it. But yeah, and a matter. Oh, I think I used it once in a story. And a matter which only Dexter Dunn could, Dexter Dunn did. That's and a, that's about the best way to describe it. Yeah. Well, as I said, though, he didn't expect. I saw an interview. He didn't expect to get a winner, and he got six. But he mozzed himself for the next night because he said, "Well, I got six tonight. I didn't expect any." He said, "I don't expect any tomorrow night." So he said, "It's going to be a good night." And he didn't get one. I did a video. I do videos. This is uh, we do. We can get sidetracked, but that's okay. With uh, for Harassed to try to some promotional stuff, and I can't think of the name of the horse. But Dexter Costa TV, they do great coverage, and I pinch a lot of their stuff, and it's all okay. I'm allowed to. But the boys were sitting at a panel, and Dex has walked out, and he's he's got a dart in his hand, and there's like a park bench, and he's sort of just sitting there. And as as you said, as Dexter does, I reckon all of a sudden he realised I'm on camera here, and so he starts sort of half 
sitting up and having a bit of fun with it. And then he decides, well, I'm going to walk in front of the guys. And it would be a 50-metre walk. So he sort of swaggered up and he's got the shoulders back and having a bit of fun. And he stands in front of them and you could tell the boys are trying not to smile. I don't know what he was doing to them in front of them. They're trying not to smile at him. Next minute, poor Yannick Gringas goes past and he's cuddling him and bashing him and things like that. He, he has a great outlook on, on life, if you like. And I think we've got to promote those sides of things as much as you know, the way they win the races. But you can see he just has fun at those those big meetings as well. It probably makes him why he is Dexter. Well, yeah. Uh, if he was any more laid back, he'd be um, yeah walking backwards, I think. But uh, had a really good catch up with him over the, the summer circuit here because he was obviously home for a few weeks. And we actually perched up at a little meeting called Roxborough, which is held in January. And it's, it's a, uh, what would you call it, a saucer plate type race course and hills on either side of it and Dex was Dex was down there having a bit of a holiday and a relax and yeah it was good because he was in that really nice relaxed mood you know he wasn't missing driving although once the racing sort of started he said oh well, maybe I could be out there having a go again but uh yeah he and he's been like that all his life he's never been a guy that's got worked up over things and I think that correlates to when he sits in the sulky and a horse feels that through the reins it's just that relaxed feeling and you see it with those good drivers you know you look at the likes of the greg sugars and and over here the blairs and the sarah o'reilly's they they are very very patient and very relaxed and it certainly correlates to to how the horses race that they drive absolutely it's great to watch i enjoy watching and i encourage people to go back and watch replays especially of that carnival because it was a lot of fun um going on there right here in australia this is over the ditch but here in australia you had a couple of big achievements from the kiwis on sunday at redwood day it's it's a time-honoured event, and it's come to a better stage, better timing, if you like, for us over here, because the weather's better than what it was at the end of August. But unfortunately, now it clashes with the New Zealand Cup and makes it a bit harder for people to be able to get their better horses, if you like, going backwards and forwards. But this little filly for a start, high step, the father Patrick daughter out of Highgate, who herself uh, won a Redwood um, and was a super mare for for the Brecon Farms and now becoming a, a great broodmare. Um, this was one very, very emphatic win of a, you know, a high-class event on both sides of the ditch. Yeah, it was. And, <laughs> and it just shows that there is still a market to, you know, uh, campaign horses over there. She's obviously been there for, for quite a while um, and, and racing and doing a very good job. And she's going to end up being a very, very good horse. I've got no doubt about that because... That entire family from Highgate and even going back through the family, I think mm. Highgate's had a regal Volo, who was a very good race mare and a very good producer. But she's left, uh, what she left, high on love, high energy, who's eight from 11 over here, uh, high step, obviously that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously high on love, who's a love you, born in 2018, has done a good job as well. So I just note that she's missed uh, last year and getting bred. Um, Highgate. So there is a Father Patrick cult called Higher Power, which I'm sure we'll see at some point. And uh, no doubt he'll probably go on and uh, win races as well, because that's generally just what that family does. No, absolutely. And I, and I love what Brecken Farms are doing. I think they openly now say they're 50% broodmares, uh, sorry, trotting broodmares to pacing broodmares. They're embracing the gate and really doing a good job. Nordic Rain uh, is a very, very nice horse. It was a nice field that it beat. There's probably a couple missing from it, but it was definitely a very, very nice. Uh, field. The other, the other good win um, on the day was She's Bella for uh, Rogie and uh, Dylan Ferguson. She's running second here on the back of She's a Wish. She's a Wish is a very, very nice filly. She's ran second in a couple of the uh, Oaks up here 
uh, not the Victorian Oaks, but a couple of the other ones for the Pangrazios, a really high-class filly, very, very fast. This was as fast as I've seen She's Bella go up the straight. She was awesome, I reckon, in winning this race, and a good race, the Elder Baron Park gold bracelet. Yeah, let down nicely, didn't she? And she she had to fight the whole length of the straight to get past uh, She's a Wish, who, who certainly wasn't lying down. Probably not the race that you know Dylan and Roger wanted to get for the day, but at least they got something for the the trip over there and it was dylan's birthday as well i i believe so uh a nice wee kick for for him after getting engaged a couple of weeks ago to his partner joe so it sets up again and i've talked about it you know we said we'll see stonewall sort of branch out into the uh the australian scene uh, at some point in the next 18 months i i believe um Roggy and dylan have now had this wee taste test in there and they've got some really really nice horses in their in their care I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing them trek over to, to some of these carnivals um, going forward. And they've got a couple of trotters here, and, and obviously she's Bella and, and Love Me Too, who can be more than competitive in, in all those big age group races uh, over there and uh, back over here in New Zealand as well. I think uh, that whole, the whole trip uh, was good for Dylan as well. Um, he openly said to me after Love Me Too's first start that he might have been a bit soft on him. Um, and, and understanding the Australian racing, was able to then fine-tune him for the heat of the derby, which he was just monstrous when he won that. Um, then potentially that may have may have took a little bit of the toll out of him. I mean, the times were similar to his heat run, so there was definitely something not quite right. But it was interesting talking to Dylan because he said she's Bella. They took her to Christchurch last year. She didn't travel. She didn't go as good as what they had hoped. They had a fair opinion of her. He said a little bit of it was she didn't travel as good. He said, rock up to Shepparton off the plane. He said, she just says, oh, yeah, another place couldn't care. He said, love me too. Didn't know where. He, he basically said in the interview, didn't know where to stand, didn't know what to do, didn't know if he was allowed to do. He was a little bit lost. He reckons he'll be so much better for the run. He's going to Christchurch. They're both going to Christchurch. As long as there's nothing wrong with him, they'll be in Christchurch uh, start of December. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, we'll get to see the best of him there. But there will be more travels with him coming back to Australia, which is really exciting. As I keep saying, we've got to make harness racing smaller. Um, we've got to include New Zealand, not isolate it. Um, we've got to be able to get both both countries um, you know, really going gangbusters. So, yeah, I think that's super exciting for us. And uh, as you say, it's good to see uh, these guys prepared to travel. It is. And, and hopefully we do see more of it. I think you're 100% right. You know, there's got to be some connectivity there between between both, you know, Harness Racing Australia and Harness Racing New Zealand and getting those calendars interlinked so that it is an option for everyone to go to everything if they want to. Um, and we're not, you know, biting off our nose to spite our face because we need the Australian interest a lot over here and you know i think swayze coming over to the new zealand cup is going to be massive we saw it last year when they obviously campaigned majestic cruiser and co over here and and we had uh the trotter of lils yep. um elder baron zeus names zeus escapes yep. me sorry about that um you know and the interest that that adds to carnivals you know you're getting guys like chris alford and greg sugars and all those ones over here driving it just adds another dimension to your meetings and i'm sure it's the same too when the likes of mark burden or or those guys go over and drive over in uh, australia as well so um got to get that cohesiveness going between between the two countries and and get that racing to an absolute maximum where everyone's getting the equal opportunity to race in as much as they can it also throws in that little bit of unpredictability which can be good as well um spirit of st louis still coming across 
he hasn't pulled out yet. Uh, I haven't heard there was a vet, vet check uh, done after the other day. I haven't heard the update. I believe the rankings for, or the next round of rankings will be out later on today after obviously Kaikoura. Um, I haven't heard whether he's still coming or not coming. So uh, I guess we'll just have to sit on our hands and wait for that. But hopefully he does because that adds another aspect to it as well. And I think we're going to need it because we need a little bit of depth to this New Zealand Cup this year. No, absolutely. Noms still aren't out. Uh, we've been waiting for the noms to come in. Unless you've got them, they, they're, they're not refreshing for me either. So I'm hitting, I'm hitting refresh uh, incessantly and it's not happening. But... Interesting card, the one on on Friday night. Um, obviously, the last meeting at Addington before Cup Week. There is a Group 3 race, the SNZ New Zealand Trotting, uh, two-year-old Trotting Stakes, uh, which will be a good race, $40,000. We've yep. talked a lot in the last two weeks about the depth of trotters in New Zealand in the age group levels, but you've also got that rating 80 to 120 special handicap pace, which is going to be uh, Cup Trial next Wednesday aside, um, the last chance. And I believe we will see... Republican Party will be there this week on on what I've read and heard. Uh, Betty Joe likely to be there as well. Then we'll have the likes of American Me uh, and Co that will likely be there too because they're going to need that last chance uh, opportunity to push their way into that 15 for uh, the final cup field, uh, which we'll know uh, by middle, early of next week. Yeah, and then it'll make the... the um... The trial day there, very interesting, because a lot of people use that trial day for horses to get familiarised. But if they're having a hard hit out on the Friday night before, they probably don't need to be there for the trial day. So it'll be interesting day trial day. I don't think we will see a cup trial like we would normally see. Uh, Mark Burden saying yesterday, Akuda will just tick over at home now. Yep. Um, well, last year, maybe I'll t- last year they didn't actually go to the trials. Remember, they worked them prior. Yeah, yeah. worked them privately. So maybe we might see Old Town Road there for a quiet run. Maybe a horse like Krug. Yep. Um, most of them are at that, that fitness level now where they just need to be kept, you know, ticking over and, and not actually um, having a, a good hard run under their belt. So not sure what that means. And it's one of those rare years where there's that gap. So it kind of negates the cup trial. But yeah. Uh, be interesting to see who goes around there but it's always if you're punting on cup day you want to get on to hrnz and you want to watch those trials because you'll see all the three-year-olds yeah um those those lower grade races are going to be are going to the winners are going to be found in that millwood nike actually goes around at the trials at ashburton today alongside don't stop dreaming so she's obviously over that little kip she had uh leading into Ashburton last week, and those nominations are still not there, Paul. Um, is that the North Canterbury trials? Because they're going around tomorrow. Ashburton trials today. Mid-Canterbury oh, trials tomorrow. at Ashburton. Right. Uh, no, they, they can't. No, they'll be today because they can't be. Uh, Mid-Canterbury trials today because of Miffin tomorrow. So they had a bit of a switch around. Oh, okay. So Rangura trials are Thursday, and Ashburton trials are today. Today, keep it honest. All right, mate. We'll call it day. We can't, we can't highlight them. I was going to say, that trial... Uh, for the cup day, it was Rock and Roll Dude, I think Republican Party, and um, Old Town Road. So you would think Johnny might follow that same path um, again this year, just give him that little ref- uh, refreshener and don't go from there. Uh, yeah. Maddie, thank you. Just knocked the microphone flying. Thank you, as always. Always good to chat. We will be back next 
we'll record, pre-record this Tuesday, but then the following week we'll be live, um, be a Monday night somewhere. We'll perch up somewhere and have a bit of a preview of the whole meeting um, going forward to the Cup week. So there'll be plenty more coming out, mate. As always, really appreciate, one, your time, um, but also your insight. I love the way you, you look at races and understand horses and what goes on. So really do appreciate it, mate. This is um, Over the Ditch. Hopefully, we, oh, well, not hopefully, we will be back uh, next week. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll talk then. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.